You're listening to the Living Presence Podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world, from East Gwillimbury, Ontario. Welcome to the Living Presence Podcast for Sunday, October 14th. My name is Brianne Swan, and I am the Community Minister with the Living Presence Ministry, which is a community ministry of the United Church of Canada in East Willembury, Ontario. Thank you to everybody who tuned into our somewhat heavy comeback episode last week. I received a lot of feedback on our exploration of the David and Bathsheba story set against the backdrop of Brett Kavanaugh's appointment to the Supreme Court. Most people who wrote said they found the episode cathartic, heartbreaking, or powerful. One person left a comment and said that I should take a Bible course because I obviously don't know what the heck I'm talking about. And that was awesome. But as always... I love hearing from people who listen to the podcast. It's nice to be reminded that even though I'm recording this alone by candlelight in the middle of the night, which is really the only time my house is quiet enough to record, there actually are people listening. So thank you. And in the same vein of recording alone, I have actually been trying to develop over the past little while um, an interview format to bring guests onto the show. As much as I love giving you my take on the scripture readings and how they intersect with our lives, I'm sure it would be nice to hear some other voices from time to time. So I'd love to know who you might want to have featured on the show. Whose voice and opinion would you like to hear? Or what topics would you like to have talked about? If you head to our show notes at livingpresenceministry.org, you can leave a note in the comments section, or you can email me at hi at livingpresenceministry.org. On this week's show, we meet the disciples once again on the road with Jesus. But then our scripture starts to going pretty handmaid's tale as Jesus starts talking about cutting off hands and plucking out eyes. I'll be sharing a sermon I gave to St. Paul's United Church in Orillia on September 30th, where I talked about who and how we are actually called to follow, and how so often, just like the disciples, the church gets it wrong. We'll hear a reading about love and what it is to follow from Khalil Gibran, and music by the Tragically Hip performed by Montreal artist Raisa Simone. But first, here is a song by American duo The Sweet Maries and their song Dirt Road. You can find out their website and where to purchase their music by going to our show notes.
This is a reading from Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 50, and I'm reading from the Common English Bible. And I'm reading to you from Roger's place here at Edmonton. I'm just waiting for the Smashing Pumpkins show to start. John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone throwing demons out in your name, and we tried to stop him because he wasn't following us. Jesus replied, Don't stop him. No one who does powerful acts in my name can quickly turn around and curse me. Whoever isn't against us is for us. I assure you that whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will certainly be rewarded. As for whoever causes these little ones who believe in me to trip and fall into sin, it would be better for them to have a huge stone hung around their necks than to be thrown into the lake. If your hand causes you to fall into sin, chop it off. It's better for you to enter into life crippled than to go away with two hands into the fire of hell, which can't be put out. If your foot causes you to fall into sin, chop it off. It's better for you to enter life lame than to be thrown into hell with two feet. If your eye causes you to fall into sin, tear it out. It's better for you to enter God's kingdom with one eye than to be thrown into hell with two. That's a place where worms don't die and the fire never goes out. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if salt loses its saltiness, how will it become salty again? Maintain salt among yourselves and keep peace with each other. That was John Helps, reading from Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, verses 38 to 50, as he was waiting to relive the 1990s with the Smashing Pumpkins in Edmonton. Our reading from Mark this week picks up immediately after the disciples have been arguing amongst themselves about who is the greatest. Jesus found a child prop to make the point that to follow him, one must reach out and welcome even the children, even the most disregarded of society. In the disciples' context, it was a radical message of inclusivity and a countercultural concept of who and what to value, and of who and what God values. Jesus is still probably holding that child, as without missing a beat, the disciples immediately start trying to find an exception to this radical inclusion. As they're talking to Jesus, it's clear they're missing the point. It is still all about them. Imagine the disciples talking to Jesus. Dude, we found this guy casting out demons in your name, but we told him not to because, you know, he wasn't following us. The nerve of that guy, right? Don't worry, though. We totally took care of it. I often imagine Jesus face-palming his way through the Gospels. I actually wish there was a version of the Bible where different emojis are used to illustrate Jesus' frustration with the disciples' lack of understanding. Guys, Jesus may have said, what did I just say? Whoever welcomes even and especially those who occupy the lowest place in society welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me sees where and how God is at work in the world. 
This movement is not about your posturing for power or your need to justify your validity. Most of the people who have become connected to the Living Presence Ministry either belong to a faith tradition other than Christian or have no faith background at all. My buddy Sam and his family emigrated from India 11 years ago. He was one of the first new residents I connected with, and he is one of the first people I go to if I need help with anything. A remarkably handy guy, Sam has helped a number of neighbors with various emergencies in their homes. He's come with me to advocate at town council meetings on behalf of the new residents, and he's always checking to make sure we have enough in our food pantry that supports residents who are financially struggling. He asked me to check in on a family after a deadly car accident because he was so worried they weren't getting the proper care they needed from the hospital because they didn't have somebody there to advocate for them. In short, this man is always looking around, seeing where the gaps are in his neighborhood, and trying to figure out how to fill them. It doesn't really matter who it is, Sam has their back. I told him once I thought he functioned very much like Jesus did, on the ground, in and with and among his community. Sam, you're more Christ-like than many Christians I know. Sam sighed, a big sigh because he's a big guy. This Jesus, I like him. He said a lot of very great things I can get behind. Christians, though, you have done a lot of damage in my country. And he's right, of course, not just in India, but in Canada as well, in a lot of places. We have become so caught up in worrying about whether people were following us or our interpretation of what living a Christian life is supposed to be, that we failed to actually hear what Jesus was saying. Like the disciples, we completely missed the point. Nobody is called to follow the church. Nobody is called to follow us. Not the United Church, not any church. We are only invited to follow Jesus, what Jesus calls us to do, and how to be with one another. It is a hard thing to speak with long-term members of Living Presence Ministries partner congregations and tell them, this will not be the thing that saves your church. This will not be the thing that saves your church if saving your church is strictly measured by how many people are sitting in the pews on Sunday morning. But it can be the thing that strengthens your faith community. A community ministry helping your congregation to understand your neighbors better and what they need to live healthy, meaningful, spirit-filled lives. It can be the thing that gets congregations out of their buildings and immersed within the day-to-day -day life of a community. 
and it can be the thing that inspires an examination of what limbs are assets and which of them have become stumbling blocks needing to be severed. St. Paul's, the congregation where I originally gave this talk to, has done a lot of work figuring out how best to use its building and its social capital for the betterment of the community. We find somewhere to go because we grow where we are needed. Community ministry can also be the thing that brings neighboring congregations together. As we heard in our reading, salt is good. But if salt has lost its saltiness, how can you season it? Salt is a preservative. So many of the congregations I come in contact with function within a model of self-preservation. There is a sense of competition. Every church wants to be attracting young families, and every church wants to have a thriving youth group. Every church wants to see their annual givings rise instead of fall. Of course. Of course. But it sounds an awful lot like, come and follow us. It's really easy to empathize with the disciples. The human condition on display throughout our reading this morning is striking. It is important for United Church congregations to maintain our distinctive flavor as followers of Jesus. We need to maintain our saltiness. But I really believe after seeing the partnerships which have emerged among the Living Presence congregations, that our preservation will come when we are engaged within a spirit of partnership. Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. We know our communities are watching us. My experience with Living Presence has demonstrated to me that regardless of what language people use, there is an almost universal yearning for connection to something greater than ourselves. Our role, those of us in congregations, is not to have people follow us, but rather to remove all the barriers for people to be able to find a hope and a love that is worth living for. And in a media-saturated world of Trump rallies and Me Too, in disconnection and cries for reconciliation, we are needed. We are so needed. In a forest of whispering speakers, let's find somewhere to go and grow where we are needed. May it be so. When the color of the night All the smoke for one life Gives way to shaky movements Improvisational skills A forest of whispering that's where that we will, 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 will get with the tide.
current health to stay Let's get friendship right Get life day to day In a forget your skate stream Full of countervailing walls Diverses ever seems Proceeding on a need to know In a face so full of meaning As to almost make it glow Good life just might have to weaken And find somewhere to go Go somewhere you're needed Find somewhere to grow Go somewhere you're needed Find some way to grow Go somewhere you're Improvisational skills, a forest of whispering speakers. Oh, let's swear it's how we will. Get with the times and a current health to stay. Let's get friendship right, get life day to day. In the forget your skate streams, countervailing woes, diverses ever seen. Sitting on a need to know In a face so full of meaning You could almost see it glow And the good life just might have to weaken Find somewhere to go or Go somewhere you're needed Find somewhere to grow or Go somewhere you're needed Find somewhere to go Somewhere you're needed In a face so full of meaning As to almost make it glow Or the good life just might That was Raisa Simone. Raisa is spelled R-A-I with umlaut, S-S-A, and her cover of the tragically hip song It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken. You can find more of Raisa's music, including her Bandcamp page and YouTube channel, by going to our show notes at livingpresenceministry.org. Our second reading this episode is a passage by Lebanese-American poet and author Khalil Gibran, titled On Love, from his 1923 book, The Prophet. When love beckons to you, 
follow him, though his ways are hard and steep. And when his wings enfold you, yield to him, though the sword hidden among his pinions may wound you. And when he speaks to you, believe in him, though his voice may shatter your dreams as the north wind lays waste the garden. For even as love crowns you, so shall he crucify you. Even as he is for your growth, so is he for your pruning. Even as he ascends to your height and caresses your tenderest branches that quiver in the sun, so shall he descend to your roots and shake them in their clinging to the earth. Like sheaves of corn, he gathers you unto himself. He threshes you to make you naked. He sifts you to free you from your husks, and he grinds you to whiteness. He kneads you until you are pliant, and then he assigns you to his sacred fire that you may become sacred bread for God's sacred feast. All these things shall love do unto you, that you may know the secrets of your heart, and in that knowledge become a fragment of life's heart. But if in your fear you would seek only love's peace and love's pleasure, then it is better for you that you cover your nakedness and pass out of love's threshing floor into the seasonless world where you shall laugh, but not all of your laughter, and weep, but not all of your tears. Love gives not but itself and takes not but from itself. Love possesses not, nor would it be possessed, for love is sufficient unto love. When you love, you should not say, God is in my heart, but rather, I am in the heart of God. And think not you can direct the course of love, for love, if it finds you worthy, directs your course. Love has no other desire but to fulfill itself. But if you love and must needs have desires, let these be your desires. To melt and be like a running brook that sings its melody to the night. To know the pain of too much tenderness. To be wounded by your own understanding of love and to bleed willingly and joyfully. To wake at dawn with a winged heart and give thanks for another day of loving. To rest at noon hour and meditate love's ecstasy. To return home at eventide with gratitude. And then to sleep with a prayer for the beloved in your heart and a song of praise upon your lips.
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week where we'll be hearing about Jesus instructing the disciples to go out and be among God's children. We'll also be celebrating the beauty and significance of mountains in Scripture. And as always, we'll have more music from amazing artists to share. So until then, hug the people you love. Let me know who you might like to hear on the podcast as a guest. And we'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by the Living Presence Ministry, a community ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.livingpresenceministry.org.